M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. It was like viewing another species on another planet. This is M. Salation. I don't blame them if they don't feel safe. We're crossing lines. We are not. It's all we've got in lockdown. I am becoming you. It's like you possessed me. <laughs> I want to implement a safe word for my family. And I'll just shout at them, banana, banana. You're in M. Salation. Tick, 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 tick. Tick my box. Wow, to celebrate half a million downloads in three months, although we're at 550,000 now, we thought we'd do a Q&A session and I'm going to need someone else to take part in that and obviously it's going to need to be Michael Lucas. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, I'm so honoured. Thank Yay. you. This is... <laughs> Feels so good to be picked out of this wide field. And I was thinking yesterday, God, what if he can't do it? What if he like wants to have a life? What if he wants to go away? What if he... And then lockdown happened again. I was like, oh, okay, great. We've got another six weeks at least. Um, so, yeah, we, we wanted to give everyone a little bonus listen this week. I always get sent questions for you and I and... Um, Scotty B. So he's looking after the baby. So we'll answer the questions. Uh, first question for Michael Lucas came from Lauren. Lauren Newman, Emsolation listener, Lauren Newman. And Michael Lauren wanted to know your coming out, going back in, coming out story. <laughs> <sighs> yes. Uh, Actually, I had five, <laughs> about five people ask for your coming out, going in, coming out story. So this is this is what the people want. Yes. Well, M, M was pretty much she had a box seat <laughs> for for this whole experience, <laughs> and we're talking mid twenties. And yeah, there was a bit of a two-step process. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I yes, I kind of have to start by saying I. Yes, I, I didn't really, even though, as you can probably tell from the content of this podcast, there were many, 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 many pointers <laughs> that I might be of the gay. Musical taste yeah. being uh, quite high on the list. I just had, I managed to trundle through until my mid-twenties without ever really, without really becoming ever infatuated with the guy. So I, I kind of didn't. I had girlfriends. You had a long, a very long-term girlfriend. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it, I had. It, it was. It was sort of spliced around backpacking and moving around and everything like that. There were only there in terms of times where we were sort of in the one city spending months together. Mm. It's not like you and Scott, put it that way. You were in a very different position yes. at the time. But I just remember like kind of keeping tabs with you because we kind of did, lost contact for about 10 years after high school mm. and I would keep tabs on you through my our mums of friends. And when I heard, oh, yeah, no, Michael's girlfriend in here, I always remember thinking to myself, what? Michael's mm. girlfriend? And there was one time your mum called my mum's house and we were visiting from Adelaide and um, – I was like, oh, hi, Joe. It's him. She's like, oh, hi, Emma. I said, oh, how's Michael? Is He's got himself a nice boyfriend. And your mum was like, what? No. Michael's got a girlfriend. And I was like, oh, yes, of course he does. It was so confusing to me that you were a heterosexual. It just didn't work. So we were 27. I was 27. We were, I was in, in the throes of terrible postnatal depression, living in Perth and doing breakfast radio. And I got a, um, a knock on my door. And opened the door up and lo and behold, one Michael Lucas was standing there who I literally had not laid eyes on since 1995. Yeah. It was like the bit in beaches when they meet in New York <laughs> after, like they've had their little Atlantic City childhood thing and now, yeah. boom, here we are, adults. Yeah. yeah. And one of us is depressed. <laughs> and one the other one's <laughs> very confused. <laughs> so we sit down and... Um, 
you know, we start talking and you'd had a crush on a guy you were working with in Sydney uh, from Basmark and you were very confused about those feelings. And I remember sitting there um, just thinking to myself, oh, come on, man. But I was also very conscious of how fragile you were and being in a fragile state myself, I didn't want to push you, which goes against every part of my DNA. <laughs> I know. In retrospect, it's really amazing. And when I tell people this story, they always imagine that effectively you were standing on a small step ladder with a megaphone screaming <laughs> in my ear, you're gay, and possibly p- playing Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody at full volume and sending off confetti cannons. But you really weren't. You were really accepting. And it is true. I Yeah, I somehow managed to stumble my way to 26 and it was only then that, I mean, it's really, because one of the tricky things in in the pre-social media era was that when, like, you were gay, you didn't meet other gay people that much. And I managed to travel through university and everything like that. I just didn't really ever encounter gay people. And then finally I ended up in a workplace that did have a lot of gay people and then it didn't take me long until an infatuation <laughs> began. But I didn't know. It was only one and I didn't know. I even went to see a um, counsellor oh, who said it might just talk about the might just be oh for one God. person. The counsellor was effectively trying conversion therapy on you. I think that's a little harsh. I just sort of, she was asking me, you know, she was asking me, you've had girlfriends up until now. What were those relationships like? And, uh, but in retrospect, what she was saying was quite progressive. She was saying, you know, sexuality Mm. is fluid and you could, you, you might be a straight person that has fallen in love with a man. You could be bisexual, but you could be, but, but, you know, she definitely didn't. I I went in there hoping someone would just give me the answer and she didn't. But mind you, neither did you. So maybe she was just trying. <laughs> but ultimately I decided I needed to, I, I, so I decided to do a big backpacking travel yes. overseas to just sort of see if I could, I don't know, sort myself. I don't I, honestly, I think it was probably that I imagined, you know what, I'm going to go to Spain and I'm just going to, I'm going to walk into a gay club and it probably all happened. Like, and then of course. I mean, that is not no. what happens when you travel. <laughs> I was lonely. It was torrential rain in Spain in particular. And in the end, I just missed everyone back home, including my my the girlfriend that I had, had not been together with for a couple of years. And I just found myself thinking, I, I miss her so much. And... I'm lonely and I'm not particularly craving to be with men. So why would I, why, I mean, why am I questioning this? Back in the closet he went, back in the closet. Yeah, and M was accepting. You accepted it. Yeah, I did. Like you called me, I think you were in England. Were you in the UK? And you called Mm -hmm. me and you said, Mm -hmm. oh, um, this person's here. And was she there? Did she come visit you? No, 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 no. We'd been in contact. You'd been in contact. That's but, right. And, you think, yeah. And I was going to, I decided to come back that's to Melbourne. Right, that's so right. That's right. And we, then, yeah. And then yeah. I got the other phone call. Um, and you said, yeah, I'm, we're going to try again. I've really missed her. And I was like going, yeah. And I, this, I remember just thinking, just go gently with him. He needs you to be gentle. Um, and so <laughs> you did, you came back and then you and her kind of rekindled. And then yeah. not long after I got another phone call. <laughs> no, really quickly. I came back and and um and and yes, and then was insomniac pretty much instantly <laughs> and then and then, you know, I'm compulsively honest. So of course I would just blurted out everything that was going on in my mind. And um and then, yes. And so that was that was pretty much the end of it. So that was the out in out in out. No. Yeah, out and out. Although not really out, I mean it was just out to a small my little workplace infatuation was not 
was not conveyed to the wider no, world. That no, much. not at all. And it, and, it, and you did lock down with Adrian very quickly. Oh, well, I know. Well, then I committed to, um, you know, I'm just going to put myself out there and start dating. I'm going to make a concerted effort to just date guys from now on. And then <laughs> some would say fortunately, and I say, I mean, obviously incredibly fortunately, but but um, but we, we did meet very soon afterwards at the premiere of the movie Australia, <laughs> of all things. Which you both worked on. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, but we didn't. We hadn't met each other during the making of it. We were at different ends of the process. Anyway, um, I was I was very very lucky. I basically it was about the third person that I was it dating was, it, was all it. of a sudden the person I ended up marrying. You've been with I know. You've been with more women than men as a gay man. It's true. <laughs> it is true. Well, there you go. There's Michael's coming out, going in, coming out story. But I mean, it's fair to say. And the say. only thing I would take from it is it is truly M's approach, as much as it seems funny that she's that approach, you, it doesn't help to tell someone their sexuality no. before their real wedding. And so it was a very emotionally intelligent response and I thank you, M. And also the other thing is genuinely, it's a lot of people sort of think, were you squashing it all down and hiding it? No. But sometimes it can take a while yeah. to, and for me at least, it was until I actually, there was an actual person that I was actually infatuated with. I didn't, it, I just didn't, it's not like I looked at pictures of men necessarily and knew. I do know there are many, you know, many gay men that I speak to that just absolutely knew from a really, really oh, early age. Yes. And I wasn't in that category. I mean, so. I knew when I met you when you were 11, but, you know, I, um, I think coming out, the, the idea of telling someone they're gay when they're not ready or even outing them is kind of tantamount to assault for me. I just think... It's, it's so unfair and brutal and visceral. That's one of the things because I have got so many gay friends. I mean, guys, don't worry, I speculate about people's sexuality behind their backs. But I don't... <laughs> All the time, yeah, it's a like, favourite hobby. In secret. I mean, like, gay, gay, gay. Everyone in my mind is gay until proven straight. But I'm very conscious of how each of my friends came out and the part I played in that. And a, a few of them were already gay, a couple of them weren't. And I think it's... It's not your job to make people ready. It's your job to assist them in getting ready and then be there when they are. So, oh, I always felt immense sympathy and pain for Ian Thorpe, who was being oh. told he was gay by the entire world from about 15 on, and that would have... Because all it's going to do is... It, I mean, that just puts him in a position where he just can't explore it because... <laughs> oh, but it didn't help when his management's response to how can we butch Ian up a bit was getting a Pearl sponsorship. <laughs> I'll never forget. There's this whole thing, no, I'm not gay, I'm not gay. And the next thing, he's the face for a pearl company and he's wearing a high, tight leather choker with one single stunning pearl on it. And I just thought, oh, buddy, no, this poor kid. He was just pursuing an interest. (laughs) I know. All right, well, good. That's that. Um, Jamila. And a fascinator. Don't forget the fascinator he was wearing that night. Oh, he was wearing a fascinator. Oh, shit. Okay. Jamila has asked me what's my favourite... Not, Jamila as in... No, not Jamila Rizvi, although she is oh, our number one say. fan. She did post about the podcast the other day. Wonderful Jamila Rizvi. Another Jamila. She has asked me what is my favourite memory with Michael? Well... I'm intrigued by this. Oh, it's easy. Um, walking very drunk through a vineyard in Tuscany in our pyjamas. <laughs> I've got footage of it too. <laughs> so I went to this charity ball, got really drunk and bid on a stay at a Tuscan villa. Um, and so <laughs> a year went by <laughs> and, and we all decided, okay, we're going to do it. So Michael, me, my parents, my family, we all flew to Italy and stayed in this villa. Um, and it was just so amazing. It was like 
something out of a it was out of a movie. Even watching three six five D and I but took me back to that trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was like when we were there. But I just have this great <laughs> memory of you and I walking. There was a vineyard at the back of the villa because, of course, there was, and it was still quite chilly. And we were walking through, and we were drinking local wine from the cups from the beautiful pantry, and um, the sun was setting. And we're, oh no, we had such good weather. Oh, it was so lucky. Cackling, and I just that whole that that moment for me. I mean, we've had so many incredible moments together. I know. I would say there's a lot of there's a lot of contenders for the crown in that one. What have one. you got? I What's mean, your favourite memory with me? I. I, do, I can't help but think, and it does involve Madonna, that lining oh. up in that alleyway, <laughs> we went to see Madonna's sort of secret. It was meant to be a midnight Stand show. It was like a 4am show. Yeah. And we were in a pissing with rain alleyway for so long, but with all of these hysterical gays mm. and, and lesbians and mega fans of Madonna. And it was just that we were so united in excitement, no matter how ridiculous it was. And she, she kept pushing it back and pushing it back. But we were singing the songs in the alleyway. We were sneaking away for cocktails <laughs> and it was ridiculous. <laughs> and it would have only worked if you had another person there that was absolutely like-minded. If anyone had a flicker of, this is bullshit, it would have fallen apart in a second. But we it didn't. were. Yeah. Yeah. So much of our friendship great. works because we're on the same level. Like it, oh, it, exactly. It's, there's never a moment where you and I look at, like one lets the other down in terms of level or energy. We'll always take Well, hang there. on, no, there's sometimes where we can't get on. Like we did used to say that we had a curse oh, yes. when we would commit to big nights. Remember that? Yes. But we seem to be over that now, maybe because we've given up the idea of a big night. We could never. But we yeah. used to have a thing where one of us would, we'd always go, it's going to be huge. Yeah. And, and we could never quite get on the same page. Hey. Uh, one of us would always be asleep by midnight. But that's all right. The, in, in fact, the most crushing example of this was the Emraciano Christmas party, <laughs> like her company Christmas party. I was so exhausted because we were about to start shooting and I was, uh, Em had finished work for the year and organised drinks with Joel and th- that's always a sign that it's going to be a big night. And then I came into it going, I, I really, I can't, I can't believe it. I've got to work tomorrow and I'm so tired and I've still got another week to go and I just, I really need to. And then she slammed her going, no, <laughs> you called Malala, oh. which does a whole other thing. We have to explain. But then you the twist was. Malala. It comes from um, Books, Booksmart, mm. the movie Booksmart, mm. and those two friends, that's their code word. And if one of them calls it, <laughs> one of them cites Malala, then they, you can only pull that out like a couple of times a year and you've just got to do what the other one says. You can only pull it out in times of extreme emergency. And M pulled it out and said that I had to get on board the cocktails <laughs> and go. And so I did. I started forcing myself to do it and then pretty soon got drunk. And then all of a sudden M collapses and calls Chella, gets her to pick up. She's gone. And then for some reason I head off with Joel and Jack <laughs> and Danny <laughs> And then I'm out till like four o'clock in the morning in some basement bar and I had to work the next day. Yeah. I was a friggin' zombie for like, it took me four days to recover from that. And I did it for you. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like sometimes we are one and you continue the spirit on. You took the spirit from me and you inserted, and you were there representing it's me. It's like the Olympic torch. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Good. Well, yeah, no, the Michael, the the, um, the Michael, the Madonna show was a very, that 4am in the alleyway was amazing. And also, I do also share the Tuscany one and partially I loved it because bizarrely, I'd got to that age and even though I struggled with jet lag, I'd never explored using like sleeping medication to oh, help yeah. me with it. And then I got to Tuscany and it's like, what do you want? She's basically like a chemist getting out of the sleeping medication. <laughs> and I never had it. And then I had had this perfect eight hour sleep <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. And so, you know, when you've had, you're all like jet lag and everything, you finally get the good sleep. And so the world just feels that little bit extra, I don't know, glittering or something like that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's That was how I was feeling at the time as well. <laughs> Love it. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. All right, good. Now, that this kind of lead us into the next question from Breezy. Hello, oh, listener Oh, I know 100% Breezy. who this is. I don't think... I don't think you do. Favourite character from the... I know, I do, the- I do. I really do. Yours or mine? Bre- breezy. I oh, know. Uh, look, there's, I've, got, I've got a good friend who I know is a listener at this podcast who's Bree, Bree Colley. Oh. oh, I thought you meant you knew, you knew who I was going to say oh, as my favourite, as her question. Yeah. All right. Okay, so you do know Breezy. Favourite character from the teen film genre. Who's your favourite character from the teen film genre, Michael this Lucas? This is not going to be a surprise to anyone. Really, and I have. I thought about if I could give a cooler answer to this or a more innovative answer. Unfortunately, it has to be Brian, who was played by Anthony Michael Hall in The Breakfast Club, who is the nerd. He also appeared in Sixteen Candles, and his character name was Nerd, and <laughs> simply because. Every every kid of our generation grew up with the Breakfast Club, and you looked around, yeah. and you there was always. Well, in fact, who were you out of that? Were you a were you more your Molly Ringwald or your Ali Sheedy? I was Molly. Molly. I think I was Molly. I think well, there so. Was, there I was think no so. doubt. I was friends who with the nurse. Yeah. <laughs> See, I never really identified with any of those movies because I didn't feel represented. Because I didn't really fall. You weren't in a, a princess, genre. and you weren't a no. freak. You were. And no, they did. You know what? If anything, nerd. if they had written in like a sporty girl, you might have had a chance. But yeah, they maybe. didn't do that. <laughs> well, my favourite character from <laughs> is Anne Shirley from Anna Green Gables. Does that count? I don't know whether that counts. I mean, I'm not. Okay, sure. That was a teen movie. Anna Green Gables came out in the 90s when I was most searching for a heroine. And for me, when I saw her and the way she was and how hard she tried at everything and how everyone thought she was annoying and loud and just stopping such a try-hard, I remember watching that. It's the first time I kind of thought, yes. So for, I think Anne Shirley is, you know. You felt seen. I've got a, <laughs> I did. I, and that, that Anna Green Gables movie series was so important to me. I mean, I think it's the first time I really properly cried when Matthew died and I understood the puffy sleeve penchant and, you know, Marilla reminded me of my grandmother a bit and I just really, and Diana, the shiny black hair, the best friend, you know, I was always hanging out with those really beautiful girls hoping that they'd be friends with me be, so I'd be cool, adjacent cool. I just I love those movies so much and my dream is to go to Prince Edward Island. I want to see that. I want to go to Canada and do the Anna Green Gables tour. I know there is one. I want to buy a tea towel. <laughs> oh. And a novelty teaspoon. Yes. But I have to say, there's a new contender for most recent teen film, and you did mention it. The character Molly from Booksmart, played by Beanie Feldstein. Oh, that's true. In fact, yeah. yeah. Those Jesus. two together. If you guys have not seen Booksmart, find a way to watch it. It is the most incredible. It's one of my favourite movies now, of modern day movies, easily. And my whole family loved it, and I laughed. It's hard, so hard to make a comedy now. Because it's just like, I just watched that Eurovision film, Fire Saga, with Will Ferrell. It was 
it was a it was a garbage fire. Mm. And I really wanted to love it because I am its target demographic. But it was just not good. I wanted to love it so badly. They had all the ex-Eurovision contestants and the Conchita was there. I tried, I tried, I tried. In the end, I just had to really accept that it was not good. But so comedy's hard, but they nailed it in Book Smart. It was so good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lady Bird is another one that I love as well. Oh, that also has Beanie Feldstein. Oh, it's true. It's true. I think teen. I think teen films now are even better than they were. Oh, they when were. The kids. But I am. I will forever be. I mean, as much as I might have wished to have been a Ferris Bueller, I knew what I was. <laughs> I was the nerd. I was Brian from the Breakfast Club. I was Anthony Michael Hall. The only thing I didn't know was that nerds would be successful and inherit the world in later years, and that has. <laughs> That is a delightful discovery. And in fact, Anthony Michael Hall himself, Google image him, that little nerdy dude. He is now a meat truck who stars as like, he always plays like cops and, and army officers and shit like that. Like he's, he's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, oh God. He is. Check him out. You would never believe it. it's him. Um, probably because he was body shamed for a solid 20 years there. He's finally mm. just decided to take steroids or something. But Good. whatever. Good on him. All right. The next question is going to be a quick one. Chelsea, Chelsea Silla, Silla asked me, if 365 DNI the musical existed, can you give us a taste of what the hit song would be? Oh, yeah. Ha-cam. Sex on a yacht, sex on a yacht We're gonna have sex on a yacht There'll be a drone, baby, let's bone We're gonna have sex on a yacht It's a bit of a Shirley Bassey tone that's coming into your voice Which I appreciate Um, And then there'll be a ballad um, Are you lost, baby girl? I'm totally gonna kidnap you Don't be sad, baby girl My Italian castle has the best views You've got it here to love me If you don't, I'll let you go Don't bother trying to flee I've got henchmen surrounding the chateau You didn't manage a rhyme at the end. I mean, you're a veritable Lynn Manuel. Well done. <laughs> Can't wait I for that to hit Broadway. One hundred percent. Watch three six five DNI the musical. Like that for me is a no brainer win. So, thank you so much. Okay, uh, last question to Michael Lucas. We've been. I knew we wouldn't get through many questions. <laughs> oh shit! All right, last question. Okay, favorite post. 2000 Disney movie, go. Oh, difficult. I mean, with this, I'm going to be a purist of the genre, so I'm going to say it's not Pixar. I believe that this questioner is talking about Walt Disney Animation Studios, very specifically. Yes, (laughs) me too. I believe that as well. And so I'll just quickly give you the run of Walt Disney (laughs) ones because it's quite a ride, okay? The first one is a movie called Dinosaur, and I don't even remember what that was. What? But then we go Emperor's New Groove, fabulous. Atlantis, Great. Lost Empire, never saw it. Lilo and Stitch, okay. Treasure Planet, no. Brother no. Bear, no. Home of the Range, no. Chicken Little, this is really bad stage, no. Meet the God. Robinsons, no. Bolt, no. Princess and the Frog, we're coming back. Yes. Then Tangled. Then yes. Winnie the Pooh, fine. Wreck-It Ralph, quite good. Frozen, epic. Big yeah. Hero 6, Zootopia, Moana, Ralph Breaks the Internet and Frozen 2. And for me, it must come down to Frozen and Moana, which are unoriginal Ooh. choices. Ooh. Oh, why have you got another one? Well, I see, I did the same. Obviously, we have the same brain and I did the same thing. And I, uh, Big Hero 6, 
really affected me. <gasps> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, the so, Zootopia I was quite into as well. But. Oh, no, I didn't like Zootopia. But I just think, I mean, Frozen 2 obviously had very spiritual consequences for me. You were in the theatre when I saw it. <laughs> when we went without children, I got drunk and watched Frozen 2 in gold class with you and my, uh, you and Adrian and I was clapping and crying in the cinema. I became the person that claps in the cinema, <laughs> which is only worse slightly by the person who claps when the plane lands. I just want so. you to release a memoir called Emraciano, <laughs> Spiritual Consequences. <laughs> 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 but then Moana had spiritual consequences as well. Oh, so, apparently you have epiphanies every time you watch it. It triggers okay, tears. So you, you keep going. So your, yours was Frozen. Is that what or, you Frozen? Or Moana. But I have to say it's probably, it's probably I just have to accept that it's Frozen simply because wow. I know it's boring. It's a boring no, answer. No, no, but no. Be true, be true. I just, yeah. I can sing so many of the songs yeah. and, oh, God. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's just. Uh, There was a whole year where I was basically a (laughs) 36-year-old, no, younger than that, but not much younger, (laughs) who could wander around singing the complete score of Frozen and... That's oh, great. Yeah, That's I can't go past it. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, Big Hero 6 was probably, out of all those movies, the one that really kind of touched my heart and soul. And then, obviously, Frozen 2 is way superior to Frozen 1. Into the under. Look, so I'm good. questioning so much of that <laughs> chaos story, sure. No but way. Fucking... <gasps> Just, and then there were ice Tangled has an excellent witch. I'll give it that. Oh, Tang- that mother knows best. Hello. Yeah, yeah. That song is incredible and I've been thinking about ways I can reprise that song in a show. But, yeah, Moana, for me, has to take it out because obviously my son's obsession with it and I have a deep connection with the lava monster who's really Takar and I understand what it is to be misunderstood and have my heart stolen. And amazing. It's just amazing songs. Evil I mean, that's, that's, I think in the end it's proving to me that what I really need is amazing songs because that's what Frozen and Moana have. <laughs> Correct. All right. Well, thank you uh, very much. We hope you enjoyed this uh, bonus edition of Emsolation, the Q and A diaries. We'll do it. We'll do. We'll have to. We have so many questions to answer, and we only got through like four. I knew it would happen. I said to you last night, we're not going to need many. Can talk <laughs> you and I. Um, all right. Well, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, if you're in Melbourne, sucks to be us. Michael, <laughs> crack open the gin. I take I take some comfort in the knowledge knowing you can't go to cafes anymore. At least you've got some misery in your life. You have to write at home again. <laughs> Thank you on that beautiful <laughs> thought. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just going to say that came from the dead ovary. Oh, that's not even. I'm not even calling back to this podcast. Anyway, you can call back. <laughs> Committee listeners will know. <laughs> she just finished it. on a dead ovary comment, and uh... <laughs> it's weather. It's an Easter egg for those who've already listened to Thursday's podcast. You'll understand the dead ovary callback. It's just a little little treat for you. We're not even going to explain it. Either dead or happily retired. We're not sure. <laughs> Oh, she's retired. She's wearing turbans. She's got a gin fountain. She's got a gay man in a loincloth serving her food. That's where that ovary is. She's in Palm Springs with a mask on. She's loving life. All right. Talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.